Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and we're here with Powered Up Talk Radio, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Linda Franklin. Linda, we've got a great show today. We're going to be visiting with Joseph Emmett. He wrote a book called The Blue Sky, A Mindful Approach to Choosing Happiness Here and Now. And, you know, just today we were talking about happiness and mindfulness and, and quieting the mind. And, you know, it's something that took me two years to figure out how to do. No, you, yes, you told me that, and you also told me, um, now meditation comes much easier for you, where before you were kind of fighting it, and now you just sort of ease into it, which is wonderful. It is, and I, I, I wouldn't have believed two years ago that I would be where I am today with a quiet mind and a still mind. You know, I can sit outside and not have music playing, not have the, the TV on or the kids, you know, everything going, going, going. And what's strange about this whole thing is I found that I now start to crave that quietness, crave that stillness. And that's not in my nature. <laughs> well, it, it is in mine, and I, I do. Um, I love I love to be by myself. I love the quiet. Uh, sometimes uh, if I'm home all by myself, there's absolutely nothing on. Uh, my husband always has lots of stuff on, so uh, it's good enough that the apartment is big enough that I can, like, block it out. But, I you know, I don't know. There's something about just quiet that just allows you to just be rather than have to listen or react or anything else. Well, the one thing that I find, especially since I work in technology most days, is that my, I didn't realize that my mind, like any other part of my body, and this is going to sound silly, but needs to rest, needs quiet, needs peace. You know, we, we talk about working out our bodies and, and taking our muscles and having a, you know, we've got to let this muscle group rest for two days and then we've got to let that muscle group and, you know, we've got to detox from all these things with our body and give our liver a chance to recover. But the one thing that I don't think is prevalent, especially in technology, is the concept of letting your brain rest, of letting your brain just be with no input, no stimulus, no TV, no radio, no talking, no reading. And that was something that was so hard for me, Linda. The first couple times, my my mind was racing like a freight train. Yeah, no. Well, we've talked about that on other shows, about that, that constant monkey mind chatter that just drives you absolutely crazy. And, you know, that is 
one thing that you really, really need to, or all of us really need to, to quiet down because no matter how quiet it is on the outside, if it, if it's really tumultuously crazy on the inside, you're, you know, it, you're not accomplishing anything. It, it, you're still, you're still in that frenzied state. It is. It is a frenzied state, and it's. But it. But it. It drowns out feelings. It drowns out emotions. It drowns out a lot of things that we're trying to avoid. And I. I never realized that. That I thought. You know. That. That. That this type of distraction. You know. Even reading for an education can be a distraction. Yeah. No. You know. It is. It. It becomes noise. Becomes an addiction. And doing becomes an addiction. For, for so many people that, and, and I was definitely one of them, but you know, I'm, I'm learning to quiet everything down because I don't want to be addicted to that. I don't want to be addicted to anything. I just want to be in, in complete consciousness. That's, that's where I am these days. And well, and that's, I, go ahead. Um, that's why I think it's so important that we, we explore guests like we have today, which is finding the blue sky, Joseph Emmett. Linda, you grew up in Toronto and I grew up in Buffalo. Did you find yourself, I would crave a blue sky. You know, I would sit there with the, with the oppressive winters and the heavy falls and the, you know, heavy, you know, and summer would come and the blue sky would come out and it would, it would just feel, um, rejuvenating. No, well, absolutely. Um, the winters are bad. And in fact, New York this week, um, this is the first, I'm seeing a little blue sky now outside my office window. It's the first blue sky that I've seen since last Wednesday. And, and you really are affected by that. It's just been gray and heavy. Uh, not so much rain that we really need, but just gray and heavy. And, and when the sun comes out and you see some blue sky, it, it, it does. It changes your whole mood. Plus, it warms up your body, which is lovely. <laughs> Well, and that's like when I moved to California, Linda, from from the East Coast, and I I was so excited for these sunny days, and I exhausted myself after three months because I felt I needed to make the most of every blue sky, not realizing, you know, it's blue skies out here, you know, 350 days out of the year, um, you know, but when I saw the cover and, and thought finding the blue sky, I could I could easily understand that i could i could i could tell what the book was about to a certain level because when we look for the light in the darkness or we look for the blue sky or we look forward to the blue sky i think that's something that resonates with us all in our soul yeah and how about if we can even when if it's really cloudy and 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 kind of ooky outside that we can create our own blue sky from inside now that is the true gift i would think Oh, I'm going to bring uh, Joseph Emmett on right now. I'd like him to introduce himself to our listeners. Uh, Joseph, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I've been listening to you, and uh, uh, you made me think of a mindfulness song. The mind is a clear blue sky. Thoughts come, thoughts go. The mind is a clear blue sky. And instead of thoughts, you can sing worries, if you like, uh, clouds, if you like. And uh, so, uh, yes, I totally uh, agree with everything you said about the blue sky. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm uh, talking to you from Montreal, Canada, and uh, I'm glad you like the title of my book, uh, Finding the Blue Sky. 
And I like to work a lot with songs, with mindfulness songs, practice songs, uh, because songs be- get to be a earworm. After a while, you hear you hear a song, and then you think it's over three minutes later, but it keeps going in your mind. So I really believe in taking a little meditation break during the day to listen to a mindfulness song, and it'll bring you to a mindful space uh, just about faster than any other way. And um, those songs you can find on my website, mindfulnessmeditationcenter.org. Make sure the center is spelled T-R-E, the Canadian way. And uh, they're available for free download. Uh, If you click on books, the first two books, the first book is, of course, uh, the last one, Finding the Blue Sky, and the other one is Buddhist Book of Meditation. Joseph, this is Linda, and I would like to ask you how how you started into into this whole realm that you're in now. Um, were, was it always a part of your life, even as a young man, or did it sort of develop as you got to see the world through different lenses? Well, you know, I've dabbled in meditation as a young person, uh, but my uh, my practice really uh, got uh, on a solid ground when I met Thich Nhat Hanh, the, the Zen master, yes. and I spent about a year with him on and off, you know, in retreats, and finally he appointed me uh, one of his Dharma heirs, and uh, I... Uh, so I shared the practice with a number of people. Uh, I organized groups, and I, I still do. Uh, I uh, I have a group at a big hospital here for cancer patients. I have another group for stress management, and I recently had a group on wellness. Basically, the subject of the book, Finding the Blue Sky, through mindfulness. And... Um, Quieting the mind is, of course, the first step. And, of course, the important thing is that the body can't really rest until the mind is at rest because, of course, they're not separate. I mean, if you start thinking about, you know, having an argument with somebody, uh, your body joins in. I mean, your blood pressure goes up, your heart beats faster, and so on. So in order to truly rest, you need to somehow put the mind to rest and I totally agree with everything uh, you guys said at the beginning about uh, uh, finding uh, finding quiet in, in the mind yes well, and- it's not so easy for a lot of people but um, it's certainly it's, and no matter how you do it I mean I know that you know sometimes people get really um, frustrated because they think that it has to be perfect, and they have to be in the perfect pose, and they have to be in the perfect place, and they have to, you know, have the, 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 the you know, the master. And tell them that, you know, if, if you agree with that, or if they can be doing anything that makes them happy in a quiet setting, um, it does, you know, it sort of accomplishes the same result. Well, you know, meditation can be a messy business. <laughs> I think that's what you're referring to. Uh, the, occasionally, sort of 
finding yourself, you know, involved in thoughts and uh, slipping away from the here and now, it's it's part of a meditation period. So long as you become aware of it and come back to your breath and come back to the present moment, that is part of meditation. What is not part of meditation is following a train of thought and getting lost in thoughts and starting daydreaming. That's really not part of meditation. So, uh, yeah, meditation can be can be messy, especially if you've got something on your mind and if you've got a challenge of some kind. And then that's a very human thing, you know. I mean, uh, uh, the mind goes where 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 the problem is, you know. It gravitates there. So, so you have to bring it back and uh, gently bring it back and and sort of lead it to greener pastures. I need to take us to commercial break. Uh, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin of Powered Up Talk Radio. We're visiting today with Joseph Emmett. Now, the book of the hour is Finding the Blue Sky, a mindful approach to choosing happiness here and now. This is really important for everybody listening today. As Linda and I have gone on this journey together, we've invited great spiritual masters to come on our shows from very many different disciplines because we are seeking. We are seeking peace and happiness here on earth. And there are some things that we can learn from the masters that we can start incorporating in our daily life. One of them is finding the blue sky. When we come back from the break, we're going to visit more with Joseph Emmett. And we're going to talk about how meditation can improve our lives and help us find happiness in the here and now. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. According to the National Headache Foundation, more than 29 million Americans suffer from migraines. Women are affected three times more often than men. 70 to 80% of sufferers have a family history. This vascular headache is most commonly experienced between the ages of 15 and 55. But a recent study in Sweden found that exercise can prevent migraine headaches just as well as drugs or relaxation techniques. For migraine sufferers, this is exciting news. According to this study, physical activity can be the key to migraine prevention. When you exercise, your body releases endorphins, which is the body's own pain-reducing substance. This is just another reason to commit to daily exercise. Keeping your body fit can also keep those migraines at bay. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with 
Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with Dr. Joseph Emmett today. His book is Finding the Blue Sky, a mindful approach to choosing happiness in the here and now. Now, uh, Joseph, when we were going to commercial break, you were talking about um, kind of clearing your mind. And that's really easy, I think, when everything's going well. But when you have a problem, when you're under stress or you have like tons of problems that feel like very heavy rocks on your shoulders, do you find that listening to music can help you get into that meditative state quicker. I know if I'm trying to quiet my mind, I put on some music with lyrics, then it's music without lyrics, and then finally it's either ocean waves or silence. But there was there's a process to get me from kind of one space in mindfulness to another. Do you find that that's something that, that works for many people? Well, I... I um... I'm really into mindfulness songs. Uh, one of the reasons why I really connected with Thich Nhat Hanh was that there is a lot of music in his retreat center. Uh, people wake up to chanting, and then there's half an hour of singing before the morning talk, and there is singing before the work period, and singing before walking meditation. And uh, uh, so I admired their songs, and then I started writing songs to Thich Nhat Hanh's poems, and finally to my own poems. And um, yes, if, if you're in a, in a, like, something bad has happened, or um, that's that's a tough moment for meditating, uh, and a song can really help. For me, it's it's a song, not not instrumental music, because a song engages your mind, both the right side and the left side. The words engage the verbal part of your mind, and and the melody engages the other other nonverbal part of your mind. So. Uh, a song like there's so many spiritual traditions with songs in it like kirtan are a very ecstatic experience you know some people just get up and start dancing uh you know spontaneously during that kirtan and uh, so yeah uh, music is songs uh, a source of positivity it's a source of concentration it mimics concentration without uh, you mentioned like you know something is happening in your life concentrating can be difficult at that moment but a song mimics concentration because it sort of invades your mind in a way and you give permission to it and pretty soon you're humming the melody and you, you sort of become one with the melody so yeah there are all these reasons uh, I, I, I really enjoy practicing with songs Joseph do you think that we can experience heaven on earth if we <clears throat> if we really learn to be conscious in every moment and if we understand what we choose is so important and that we don't we can choose the things that are going to get us there rather than the things that, that are going to take us further away from it mhm well now you're hitting one of my favorite subjects good <laughs> well, you see, positivity and meditation go together. You have to be in a positive state of mind in order to meditate. You cannot meditate with 
anger, fear, anxiety. You can ruminate with them, or you can brood with them, but you can't meditate with them. Uh, Buddha's own instructions for meditate, he left behind uh, a text, and uh, some of his instructions are breathing in, I make my mind joyful. Breathing out, I make my mind joyful. Breathing in, I make my mind happy. Breathing out, I make my mind happy. So positivity is really built into Buddhist meditation. Buddhist meditation is not neutral. It's, it's really slanted toward positivity. And, uh, and um, uh, the trouble is that it doesn't come easily to everybody. One way to get there is you can bring to mind an occasion where you were spontaneously happy, spontaneously joyful. Remember something in your life that, that got you there. And then once you have this state of mind, you can forget about the detail of you know, the memory and hang on to that state. Positivity is, is uh, like sunshine, you know, it warms the heart and uh, you can stay with that glow during your meditation session. And uh, yeah, consciously practicing positivity is, 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 uh, is part of Buddhist meditation. But what about the people that, you know, if you're like Sandra, if you're a single mom, you have two kids, you're running a business, you're taking care of, of your dad when he comes, he's, he's um, and you just, you don't have time for it to be a daily part of, of your routine. Um, can yeah. you, can you, can you, is there certain things that you can do if you're, if you if you don't have the time to to go into a room be by yourself and do an official meditation yes there is yes there is uh and this is where i uh, the songs come once more they come in i think you can take a meditation break just like you take a coffee break a song lasts three minutes and uh you can always find three minutes somewhere uh, if you're at work, uh, you know, uh, put on the earphones, uh, take a break, uh, go to your car, sit down, go for a walk. And if there are people around, you know, you won't stand out with earbuds or an earphone. You'll fit in with everybody else around you. And within a period of three minutes, uh, trust me, try one of the songs on the website you will find that uh, your state of mind is completely changed. If you do that a couple of times during the day, then stress does not build up. Uh, that's, that's the thing. If you allow stress to build up during the day, then you, at the end of the day, you might feel like you just fell off a cliff, you know. But if you sort of periodically uh, refresh yourself with a, with a song, with a meditation break, uh, then that doesn't happen, and, and you can end up your day feeling as fresh as when you started. Well, almost. So when you when you are feeling stressed, and you then you think of this song, and you sing this song, 
um, what so effectively what you're doing is you're block you're blocking the crazy thoughts that are going off in your mind and you're redirecting them to the words in the song so that your mind doesn't have a chance to get you nuts. <laughs> That's the only way I can think of it. Is that is that what happens? Very true. Uh, give the dog a bone so it doesn't chew on the furniture. In other words, you, you can't stop the mind from doing something, but you can refocus its energies, and you can focus its energies on positivity, on serenity, on a song. And that's how you can sort of wrench it free from thoughts or from anxiety or obsessive thoughts or habitual thoughts or surface thoughts or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, as you, as you said, that's very true. Yeah, I, well, I, th you know, I think that's a good idea, and if you do that enough times, you're, you're going to see how powerful you are to turn to something that makes you happy rather than stay glued to something that doesn't. And, I, you know, I, I think, you know, with age that comes uh, even more startling that you, you want to be in a happy place because... The contrast to being in the unhappy place is so is so dramatic that you know you 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 say, say to yourself, why would I choose this when I know I can have that? And there are some unexpected benefits. Research shows that when you're in a positive mood, you see, for example, you see more details in a photograph. You see more details in the background of a photograph. And you see more possibilities in a given situation. Think what that means for a creative and fulfilling life. If someone, say, who's in a negative state of mind is not particularly happy with her life situation, and she says maybe she sees only two possibilities, none of them amazing, whereas a person with a positive frame of mind sees maybe six possibilities, and she can move ahead. You know, people who don't understand the mechanism would think that that person is lucky. Well, the fact is, when you're in a positive state of mind, the good luck fairy smiles on you more often. Yes, absolutely. It, well, you know, it's your vibration. You know, if you're in a if, if you're in a high, good, positive vibration, that's what's going to come back to you. Um, you know, and that re it really works that way. Uh, and and when you are in that high vibration and feeling feeling good, um, you're you're just nice. You're a nicer person. You're you're kinder to other people, um, and you know it, it just it just sort of it's a circle of of you know you're nice. Some you're nice to somebody else. It comes back to you, and it keeps on going and going. Yeah, and a minute ago you mentioned something else. You mentioned that if you keep doing that, it changes your mindset. And right there you were talking about habit formation. You know, uh, the neurologists keep telling us that, uh, neuroscientists, that the mind is plastic. And uh, that is so true. And... Uh, you can build new habits if you if you do this for example taking uh, a couple of uh, meditation breaks during every day if you keep doing that within a few weeks uh, you will notice the difference it's not only those three minutes 
but the positivity will sort of inform your day. But you got to give it some time for the habit to to sort of become a habit. You know, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it more important, Joseph, to sing or to listen, or both? Both. Uh, I suggest, of course, the first few times you're going to listen. Then you can hum along. And once you know the words, and the words, I try to make the songs, the words simple, like there's no, you know, 11 verses uh, to, to my songs. There's one or two at most, just like a refrain of a song. So they're easy to remember. Yeah, if you sing along, and then you don't need the song. You can, you can need, you don't need the earphones. You can, once you know the song, you can sing it. Uh, here's a song for, from Thich Nhat Hanh's word, uh, for getting up in the morning. Waking up this morning, I see the blue sky. I join my hands in thankfulness for the many wonders of life. Say that you put this where you see it as you wake up, and uh, you listen to the song a number of times. Then one day when you wake up and you look at this sign you posted by your bedside, the song is going to come to you all by itself. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you. It's Marching Man And you wiggle your ears. Studies suggest that only 10 to 20% of humans are able to wiggle their ears. That's pretty ostrobogulous. Ostrobogulous is another word for bizarre or unusual. Of course, many animals have the ability to independently turn their ears in the direction of a sound by using their auricular muscles. In humans, ear wiggling is thought to be more of a vestigial feature, meaning it was once a useful trait of our ancient ancestors, but not needed anymore. Some people can't stop wiggling their ears. This rare moving ear syndrome is known as dyskinesia. This can be a pretty embarrassing condition, especially if you are macrotus or have big ears. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live La Bella Vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. We're back with 
with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin, and we are visiting today with Joseph Emmett. He wrote a book called Finding the Blue Sky, a mindful approach to choosing happiness here and now. And we're talking about implementing music, song, and listening to music in our meditation. And Joseph has some great songs. One of the ones I was listening to during the commercial break was Happiness Makes You Beautiful. There's another song on his site, Simple Gifts, as well as Peace in Every Step. Now you can find these at mindfulnessmeditationcenter.org and we can uh, go right back to Joseph because I think this is really important Linda you know for somebody like me who is so busy and has a million things going at once allowing myself three minutes like Joseph you said something anybody can find three minutes in their day to listen and I just put a note on my smartphone that'll that'll connect me right to your website to listen to some of this music because even when you sing I can feel my Myself calm down. Linda, do you have the same response when he starts to sing? I uh, no, not yet. <laughs> but I think you know, like everything else, it, it takes some time. But I definitely too will go to the website. You know, you could just be sitting at your computer um, and just go there, and and you know, and you can feel your whole body go ah, and that's that's what we're looking for. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, happiness makes you beautiful. I I want to say that once I was traveling in Bolivia, and I happened to find myself visiting a Franciscan monastery, and right at the entrance there was a sign. It said, "The best cosmetic for hap- for beauty is happiness." Isn't that great? That's a great cosmetic, I that. and a smile, and I guess hap- you know happiness brings on the smile, which makes you look beautiful anyway. Yes, exactly. Joseph, tell us what goes on at your center. Um, are, do you do um, do you do meditations and other things? Well, right now I'm. Uh, I offer a course for cancer patients at a major hospital here mm-hmm. in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I just finished that course before your thing started. Uh, I have a course uh, called Mindfulness-Based Stress Management. Uh, that's an eight-week course. And I also see people uh, privately, which which is very rewarding to me because... Uh, People share, you know, their own challenges, their own difficulties, their own life situations, which you don't always get to the same degree in a group. In a group, sometimes I feel like I'm doing a monologue, you know, whereas in a one-to-one session, it's more sharing, more more connection, uh, yeah. and, and, and that's my my favorite way of meeting with people. I'm going to ask you a very controversial question because you said you're dealing with with the cancer patients at the hospital, and from the work that you do, and you know karma. I mean, I know the Buddhists are always talking about karma. Do you think that karma has anything to do with bringing on our own disease? Well, karma is a much misunderstood term, you know. Uh, it means a number of things, but karma uh, might basically mean, uh, for example, it's very true that many of us create our own stress. 
by our attitude, by the way we see things. Uh, I'll give you an example. One of the assignments I give in my stress management course is for the next week, uh, find someone with whom you have stressful relationships and shower that person with appreciation and compliments. Uh, one day when I gave this assignment, one, one, one man started laughing and he said, my mother-in-law is going to be very surprised this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And another guy who, who was a Did teacher. He what? Did he actually do it? Yeah, he did. He did. He he did, and uh, he, he improved. It improved his relationship. And and the teacher told us after a week that uh, he tried this with a problem student that he was dreading. You know that student showing up in the class, yes. and uh, and at the end of the week, the student's behavior had improved. Uh, so. Yes. The, the, the moral of the story is there is always something you can change in a situation. Like, you cannot directly change a person, but you can change your own attitude and the way you behave. And that, in turn, changes the whole dynamic of the situation. Absolutely, and, absolutely. Because yeah. everybody wants to be loved, that everybody wants to be heard and, yes. and appreciated. And if you can just show some of that... Uh, it melts. It melts the, 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 the wall in the heart, and, and they respond accordingly. I mean, I've seen it work as well. Mm -hmm. So true. Yes. 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 So uh, uh, this is, of course, uh, we're now talking about the serenity prayer. You know, um, may I, may I, uh, uh, well, the second part is have the courage to change what I can. May I accept what I cannot change? And may I have the wisdom to know the difference? There you go. Acceptance, courage, and wisdom. If you've got all three, <laughs> you've got it all made. <laughs> do you think, um, and this is Sandra, um, do you think that, you know, I, I I have three dogs. You heard Sally barking earlier in the episode. When my animals are stressed, and, and I don't know why they're stressed, but I can tell they're stressed. If I sit down and I stroke them and I, and I sing to them, they relax more. Does an animal brain, like our, our brains, work the same when it comes to, I mean, and I know a dog really can't meditate, or maybe they do. Who knows what they do all day. Um, but how does this relate to our pets? Well, I think you're talking about mood contagion. This is the psychological term. Uh, you know, uh, like uh, a person who's calm and serene. Uh, imagine you're with the Buddha right now. Buddha is right next to you. I think you would be affected by, by his calm. And, uh, you know, a while ago in the show you mentioned vibes, you know, it's a word we use, it's sort of like a metaphor we use for mood contagion in a way. If you're with an angry person, you know, after a while you begin to feel anger as well. And it's true with joy, with happiness, and uh, with all the emotions, really. Would you like to sing for us something that we can, at least for me, I'd love to have something that I that you would recommend I sing to my children. 
they're elementary school age, Joseph, and they have a lot of energy and they have a lot going on. Well, I have a, I have a, a little lullaby. I have, uh, uh, but uh, I cannot sing lullaby to you right now. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but. Uh, there, you could perhaps find something on the website uh, that's appropriate. Is there something you'd like to sing for us today for our listeners? Just breathe, just breathe. Everything will be alright. Just breathe, just breathe. Everything will be fine. Just breathe, just breathe, everything will be alright, just breathe, just breathe, everything will be fine. Remember that song, the next time you're going for root canal work at the dentist. Well, I like, you know, the just breathe part, you know, while you were singing, you know, I was thinking that's a perfect song to sing to my kids. You know, we didn't need the lullaby. I thought what you picked was amazing because, you know, when, especially little kids, when they get all ramped up, Joseph, they're like, <laughs> you know, they're, you, you, yeah, they're telling, telling you everything after school. And <laughs> you know, and I hear that. And that's, that's always when I hear that sound, that's the time when I know, like, either my friends or my kids are really stressed. You know, they're not breathing, you know. And if we just sang that, like, all I remember is just breathe, just breathe. Linda, you can tell me to just breathe when I call you and I'm in a snit. <laughs> yes, I will remember this. I will not forget to just breathe. <laughs> but it's true. We do, I think when we're stressed, we hold our breath. I, I came up with that song. I was hiking in southern France once. I started in the afternoon, and I took a side trail, and pretty soon I got lost. And it started getting dark, and the trail disappeared. So I was wondering whether I'd be sleeping under a tree or find my room. And this song came to me. I, I started first saying and then singing, just breathe, everything will be all right. I mean, what else was there to do? <laughs> Actually, the original was just walk, everything will be all right. And pretty soon I started seeing some village lights and everything was, in fact, all right. I love that. Our guest today has been Joseph Emmett. His book, Finding the Blue Sky, A Mindful Approach to Choosing Happiness in the Here and Now. Now, if you want to hear more of these songs, the Just Breathe, Everything Will Be All Right type songs, you can go ahead and go to his website. And um, there's, oh gosh, there's at least, you know, five or six different different songs on here. It's Mindfulness Meditation Center, and that's C-E-N-T-R-E dot org. Um, we will be back next week with another wonderful episode, and we're going to talk about karma, which can be a real pain, and past life clues for current life maladies. Now, if you like today's show, you can check us out on iTunes. You can go to our host station, Toginet, that's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. You can also go to PoweredUpTalkRadio.com and 
find our show there as well as on iTunes. Now, when we come back next week, we're going to visit with Joanne DiMaggio. Karma can be a real pain. You're not going to want to miss this. On behalf of Joseph Emmett and his book, Finding the Blue Sky, A Mindfulness Approach to Choosing Happiness, The Here and Now, and Linda Franklin and myself, Sandra Beck, have a great week and just breathe. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prominent career, is the brains behind the real cougar woman. She shares her wisdom, grace, and laugh-out-loud opinions based on her stellar successes, both in the financial world and in in her personal life. Check out our website, poweredupwithbeckandfranklin.com and join us next week for another great conversation. We're here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on toginet.com.